0: Well, good morning, everyone. How are you today? All right. Good to see you. Good to see you. We're going to continue in a season that we've been in where we will focus on Jesus. We will focus on Him because we are getting ready for something special about three weeks from today. And so what we're hoping to do is to see Jesus Christ more clearly. So I'm glad that you're here today. Hope you have your Bibles with you. We're going to look at some of this today. There is a key passage that we've been looking at for the last few weeks. It's in your notes. We'll put it up here on the screen. It's a passage found in Colossians chapter 3. How about you passionately read it with me from the screen. Ready? Begin. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. This is kind of where we have been, this idea where we want to focus in on Jesus, especially as he makes his way toward the cross to seek the things that are above, to set our minds, our hearts on eternal things. And so we're going to continue to do that today because, as I mentioned, in three weeks from today, we celebrate that the Jesus that they crucified, the one who paid for our sins, the the dead body that they buried when they went to Look, on a Sunday morning, he was risen. He is alive and he's still alive to this day. And so we're preparing our hearts. We're getting into this story. We're focusing in on him. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me today to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, page 821, if you want to use this Bible sitting in front of you. Go ahead, grab this Bible. We're going to look at something today. I want you to write down some thoughts. We're going to learn from Jesus today. We will focus on his life, focus on his way that he was making to the cross to pay for our sins. Even what we were singing this morning, the greatness of God, that he would send his son for us. This is more than just a gathering, but it's a gathering where we focus on Jesus. Now, Jesus, as he lived this life, he's making his way to the cross. He had some good days. He had some bad days. Let me just ask you to participate here. Raise your hand if this week you had some good days. Come on, let me see it. Okay. So some of you, okay. Raise your hand if you had some really bad days. Go ahead and raise your hand. All right, and... Yeah, we do. And Jesus had those days as well. Hopefully today's one of those good days and not one of the bad days. But Jesus had days of great joy. Hopefully you get some of those. But he also had some days of great sorrow. And actually, I hope that you have some of those as well. Because those days of sorrows have a purpose to point us to Jesus. Well, today, let's consider how Jesus processed those moments of great joy and great sorrow, wonderful days and days that we'd just say, man, I'd rather not have one of those. We'll entitle this today, It's Where I Turn, and I have some personal questions for you I'd like you to consider today. First question is this, is where do I turn when I am struggling? Where do I turn when I'm struggling? I don't know what struggling looks like for you, but where do you turn when you are struggling? Where do you turn when you're overwhelmed? Where do you turn when you are discouraged? It might be by life in general. It might be because of what others do to you. It might be because of your own sin. You feel overwhelmed, discouraged. But where do you turn when you're struggling? I started making a list of places I turn uh things that i focus on i thought well you might resonate with these as well because when we are struggling how many times do we just pull out the phone go straight to facebook or instagram and let other people know sometimes we're looking for them to tell us it's okay sometimes we're looking for them to maybe pray for us that's a good thing but sometimes we just want some attention and some love amen yeah, there's not a whole lot of amen. You're like, man, I don't do that. But you do. I know cuz I stalk you. I mean, I follow you. I follow you. that's what I meant. Sometimes when we're struggling, we just want to run home, hide under the covers, put the covers over our head, just turn on the TV, binge with Netflix, something like that. Some of you are readers and you just say, I just want to escape my problems, get into a good book. Some of you might say, you know what, I'm looking for my cat or my dog. The dog shows you love. The cat, you know, he just acts like he doesn't care or know you. He just wants food. But anyway, we're all turning to different places when we struggle. Some of you would stay at work when you are struggling. You say, I'm just going to go back and work harder. I'm just going to go and make it right. I'm going to drown in being a workaholic. Some of you turn to things like a bottle, a smoke, to sex, to food to purchases. We turn to different things when we're struggling. We're like, man, I need something. And let's just be honest. We've looked at some of those things, and we have found out that they are dead ends. They do not satisfy. Maybe they help us escape. Maybe they numb the pain for a season, but those things that we thought would bring great comfort to us, thats they don't do that for us. I want to show you today how Jesus dealt with difficult times, how he had tough times, and how he made choices to turn in the proper direction. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 14, page 821, I want to show you one of these days where Jesus is struggling and where he turns. And hopefully it would give you some direction in your life. Verse 10 I'm going to jump in the middle of a story here. You can go back and read more of that later. But in verse 10 it says, He, that is King Herod, sent and had John the Baptist, John the baptizer, beheaded in the prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And the whole story is the previous verses. You can check this out. But catch this in verse 12. And John's disciples came and took the body of John and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Stop there for a moment. This is the news Jesus gets one day. That King Herod took this guy who was your predecessor. He was helping point people to you. He's a ministry partner. Just to let you know, John has been executed. He's dead. It wasn't an easy one to. They beheaded him. Jesus hears this and he has to process this. How do you process difficult news like this? Where do you turn when you're struggling? Verse 13, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. This does not give you permission to just go fishing anytime you want, fellas. All right, what's happening here? Is he just saying, you know what, forget all of ministry, I'm just going to go fish. It's not what I do, but is this what Jesus is doing? Or is he trying to process his own heart? Is he trying to process the news he just heard about John? I was thinking, how is Jesus feeling? Let's think about this for a moment. Sad, that's got to be one of the emotions he's feeling. John, hmm. I remember the day when he saw me and he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." And it was kind of a handoff. And I remember John. I remember the stories our moms told us about he, you know, he leapt in his mom's womb, and when he heard of my voice. And John, oh, what what are the feelings? Is there fear? Like they're coming after me. They're coming after my disciples. Is he angry of sin? Is he angry at Herod? Is he angry at the brokenness in the world? Is he hurt? I'm like, this isn't one of Jesus' favorite days when he hears this news. Go to verse 13 one more time. Now, when Jesus heard this, this is where he turns. He withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. My question is, what's he going to do in this desolate place? Let's keep reading. But, we kind of like this word over the last few months, but this is a bad kind of but. Not kind of like, here's bad news, but I've got but, i got good news. This is kind of like, no, this isn't necessarily good. But, when the crowds heard that Jesus was going there, they followed him on foot from the towns. In other words, he's trying to get away so he can process this news but unfortunately, a bunch of people are coming after him because they want his attention. Moms, can you relate to this? Do I get any? I got one little amen. Moms, can you relate to this? Yes. Amen. All right. I was thinking about this. Moms of little ones, they're like, we finally got a little one put away for the night, asleep, good. You get some downtime for yourself, and what happens? The baby starts crying. Ah! <gasps> All right, this is what Jesus, he's like, man, I just finally got, I, I just want the baby to be put away so I can have some downtime. Or when they get older, and I've heard moms say this, even my wife, I, where she wants to lock herself in the bathroom at times, just so she can have some quiet time. Any amens to that, moms? Amen. And as soon as you lock yourself in the bathroom, so I can have some alone time. The kids are pounding at the door. Mom, I want food, there's a fire, whatever it is. I think Jesus is going through something like this. He's like, man, I just wanted to get away. I'm just turning because I need to process some things. And here come the mass of people. Does he stay locked in the bathroom by himself? Notice what he does here. Verse 14. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. We'll talk about how great that crowd is in a bit. And he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Isn't Jesus amazing? I mean, yes, He's amazing for going to the cross on our behalf, but He's amazing because when He needs some downtime, when He needs alone time, and people come to Him with the sick and the needy, He has compassion. He sees a problem and He feels the problem. And He says, I'm going to be a part of the healing in this problem. Jesus, we love you. You're amazing. Even though He's grieved... Even though he needs to get away, he has compassion on the people. Verse 15, let me read some of this with you. Now, when it was evening... The disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away into the villages and buy food for themselves. I'm not sure why they're saying that. I wonder if they're just like, let's just get rid of these people. We want to hang out with you, Jesus. I'm not sure what's going on exactly. But verse 16, Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to Jesus, we only have like five loaves of bread here and two fish. And he said, bring it here. Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowd to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven, said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate, and they were all satisfied. And they actually had leftovers. Took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. Now catch this, and those who wait were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. So maybe there are 10,000 people here. Now imagine if you were all hungry and all I had for this group of a couple hundred was just two loaves or five loaves of bread and two fish. It wouldn't work for us. Probably 10,000 people. Again, Jesus, you're amazing. Not only that you'd go to the cross for us, but you are the Son of God. You are God in the flesh that you can say, God, let's just multiply this out. And he satisfies. They walk away and said, we didn't just get a crumb. We were satisfied. Jesus is amazing, isn't he? This is why we spend some time focusing on him. I'm looking at that and thinking, what a victory. At the end of that day, Jesus and his disciples are going, whoa, what a day. 10,000 people, we didn't know what to do. Jesus said for us to feed them, we did. Whoa, victory. That's a big day. I think about that and I think, okay, so where do I turn then when I'm victorious? Write this word down if you would. Jesus starts by having a tough day, and now he's just having this amazing day where 10,000 are fed and satisfied. Where do I turn when I'm victorious? Where do I go when I have one of those glorious days that it's worth putting on Facebook, right? Where do I go when I'm, this isn't my word, but I heard somebody say this even yesterday. I said, how would it go with the wood chopping? And someone says, we were killing it. All right. I'm like, all right, it's that good. We're victorious. Where do you turn when you're killing it? Where do you go when you're successful? Where do I turn? I want you to answer that for yourself. When you have those moments, where do you turn? Again, well, I go to my phone. I go to Facebook. I go to Instagram, take a picture, want everybody to see it. I want them to like me. And then when they don't like me, I'm going back to having one of those days where I'm struggling because nobody notices me. I don't know. Where do you turn? Thought maybe you would throw a party. I got a text yesterday morning that said we're having a little impromptu party up in Salem because it was exactly one year ago today that we found out we had cancer. We've survived one year. We're throwing a party. It's a victorious day. Where do we turn? We turned to Limeberry for some yogurt with some friends and family and thank God for making it a year. Where do you turn? Maybe you get back to work. Maybe you say, you know what, that was a great day. I was killing it. But in order to stay on top, I've got to get back to work and work even harder. That was good, but you know what, i I got to produce again. Little secret, sometimes I leave here on a Sunday after church services, and and I struggle with this. Sometimes I feel like, man, I struggled with that. that. And I get a little discouraged. And there's this question, where will I turn? Or some days, I'm like, man, that was a great day. Chris and the worship team were so good, and the welcome team was just engaging with people, and the God met with the people, and it was a great day. And on those victorious days, where do I turn? And sometimes I can't even leave the building without thinking, oh, Sunday's coming again. I gotta prepare, I gotta do this. And sometimes before I even get home, I gotta start thinking, I've gotta work harder. If this week was good, the expectations are higher. I gotta work harder. This is where I turn sometimes. Where do you turn when you have victorious moments? Lots of options. But let me show you where Jesus turns. And he doesn't turn to Facebook or Instagram, but he turns to his father. Because there are days when we struggle and we've got to figure out where are we turning. There are those victorious days we've got to figure out where are we turning. Verse 22, follow along with me. Immediately, this is after feeding the thousands, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And when he dismissed the crowds, or it says while he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up, On the mountain, by himself to pray. That's worthy of underlining. By himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Where did he turn? Write this down if you would. Jesus went alone to pray. He went alone to God the Father to pray says, I still have some of this struggling stuff with the news of John, and I have got some great victories here, but what I really need and where I'm turning is to be alone with God the Father in prayer. Look at verse 23 one more time with me. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. You see, Jesus knows a couple things. He says, I know that there's strength in seclusion with God, my Father. I know that there's power when I go alone and pray to God, my Father. I know that there's growth when I get get alone with God, my Father. And this is where he turns. I started thinking about this for myself and, and for you. I thought some of us... Maybe we're not really good at getting alone with God. Maybe getting alone and we've got plenty of distractions, but to get alone with God, like so many distractions. I mean, you got a phone, holy cow, so many distractions there. So many ways to numb our pain. So many ways to avoid the one who can bring healing. But I want you to know this, that this is part of the way God designed every single one of us. He designed you so that you would get alone with him in prayer. He designed it so that you would need this. In your struggling times, in your victorious times, he designed it that you would get alone with him in prayer. Think about this if you would. You got a phone and it starts dying. What do you do? You you charge it. Did someone say throw it away? No, you don't throw it away. (laughs) You You get the iPhone 10. No, you charge it. All right, so what do you do when the car's struggling and it's empty? You put gas in it. What do you do when your stomach starts growling and some of yours might already be growling? What do you do? You're going to feed it today. What do you do with your spirit that is empty? God designed it that you would connect to your maker. Getting alone with God in prayer. Then the question is how? How do we do this? I mean, and certainly it can be difficult, but then you hear of other people, well, they get up early in the morning, and they do this, and some people do this, and I can't do it like them. I want you to know that God created us all differently. Uh, so you're not to get alone with God necessarily the same way I am or the person sitting next to you. God made us differently in this way is that we? some of you connect with God through books. You connect with God as you open your Bible and you you, you go into deep thought on this. This is the way God made some of us, that we focus on him and and we use books in our prayer life. Some of us are thinkers. Some of you are more connected to creation, where you say, I actually get connected with God when I go sit in the backyard, go for a walk. It's sometimes my excuse to play golf, but man, the creation's beautiful. It is. Some of you, just to be outside, that's a good way to connect with God. For some of you, it it might be with music and with art and light a candle and grab a cup cup of coffee and you, you have these senses, but the idea is that you need some time alone with God. This is the way that God has made us to talk to Him, to listen to Him, to recharge with Him. And this has to be our focus when we struggle or when we're victorious, that we would turn to our Maker. That we'd say, God, You designed me to connect to You. I was looking at a book this last week called Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. Let me read a quote from this book. He says this, When you need to hear from God... And when you need to be strengthened by God, when you need to receive your marching orders from God, where do you go? For some of you, it may indeed be a garden like it was for Jesus or perhaps a place in a local forest. Others of you may prefer a sanctuary. Still others may find prayer solace with a musical instrument in your hands. But do you have a place? Do you have a moment Where you best meet with God in those times when you most need him. See, Jesus, he's struggling. He gets this news about John. He says, I need to be with my father. Has great moments. And he's like, this is phenomenal. But he knows I need to get with my father. Our lives are somewhere between those where you are struggling to no end or you're victorious like you've never seen before. You're somewhere in there, and what you need is what Jesus needed was time with his Father. I want to finish with this today about being alone, having alone time with God. And alone time with God is a focused way to unpack, to unpack. Write this word down if you would, and I want us to consider this today, unpack, unpack, unpack. I'm going to sit on the bench like Forrest Gump here for a bit. Consider how life is like a box of chocolates. Let's, see if we would, consider Jesus unpacking his day. The day we just read about. He's saying, okay, just want to unpack, Father. Here's my heart. Got the news that John, that's terrible. Is he crying? Probably. Is he heartbroken? Probably. Just unpacking this. Father, if they're going to kill John, I know they've already tried to take my life, and they will. I can see the cross down the road. What are they going to do with the follow my followers here? I mean, they're going to strike the shepherd and the, the sheep are going to scatter. He's just unpacking some of his hurt. Then he starts unpacking, "Well, it was also a great day. I mean, did you yes, you saw that. You helped me do this, but 10,000 people. That was great. But do they love me just because I provide food? What happens when I don't provide food? Will they understand that will they understand that I'm here to satisfy their deepest longing? Do they understand that I'm here to bring forgiveness of sins, relationship with you, Father? Or are they just here because they want their diseases healed? They want some relief? Jesus starts unpacking when he gets alone. Alone time with God is a focused time to unpack. I thought, well, let's consider you and me, too, because we need alone time with God as a focused time to unpack to consider our hurts, to consider, evaluate our heart. Got a backpack. Every single one of us actually came in with a backpack today. You know, you you didn't know that. Some of you might have one, baby pack or something. But you all came in with one. And it's hard for us to look at you, and sometimes your face shows what's on your backpack, but we all have one. I'm asking this morning, why is mine so heavy? It's just, it's heavy. How are you doing? Good, good. But you got a heavy backpack. You and I need alone time with God just to unpack this. Because your backpack is heavy, sometimes your backpack stinks, and we know it. All right? So I thought, well, I'm just going to unpack mine here in front of you. Woo! It stinks a little bit. I just want to. Here's a coffee cup I'm supposed to take home and wash. That's gross. Uh, that's going to stink. I better... Uh-oh, I forgot about this from uh, yesterday at the... Uh... Wood cutting, banana, that's gross, all right. Good thing I'm unpacking that today, man. This is really stink. You know, sometimes our our backpacks stink, our hearts stink, because we haven't looked inside. We haven't spent alone time with God and said, God, here's my heart. I got some crud in there that that, that, that needs to be recycled, all right, Compost, sent into the dishwasher, I thought, man, what else is in my backpack here? I'm like, this is why it's so heavy. This is one of my major distractions in life, baseball. All right. Actually, I see. There's another one in there. <laughs> I'm kind of a freak about baseball, but still pretty heavy. Well, actually, there's another and another one, and another one. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, just just being honest. <laughs> Got baseball in my back. Well, actually, a couple more or two. <laughs> Gee whiz, how many more? Okay, that's my. Sometimes I have to get alone from God and say, um, "That's where my heart's been." I'm so interested in that spring training, you know. Regular season's just around the corner. I'm like, well, what else is in here? Sometimes I just have to process my feelings. Pictures. Got some pictures in my backpack. Started looking at this and like, cute little daughters. Hmm, those were great days. The baby in that one's going to be 15 this week, and I'm like, oh, my land, how did things go so fast? That older one, she's 18, What have I done? You know, just start feelings that man. Sometimes I hurt. Like, how have I let them down? And then I looked at this picture, and was like, my old man, love my dad. It's been about five years since I got to hear his voice, and he's in glory and heaven, and that's good. But man, I miss him. I was looking at that picture this week, just saying, I hardly recognize him. It's been a while. I just had to take some of that, and like, Lord, here is my heart. I miss him. I want to tell him some things. I got some hurt in my heart. I'll unpack that. What else do I have? No, oh, I wondered where this was. A Bible, <laughs> way at the bottom. Like this is a good thing, but it's you know sometimes it gets way at the bottom. I got good things in my heart too, but sometimes they just get crowded in with distractions and garbage and. Banana stuff and coffee stuff. I'm looking at this, and as I was unpacking this even today, I thought, okay, write this, this phrase down. Feel your feelings. Because when you unpack, part of unpacking is to feel the feelings that God has given to you. There's some hurt in there. There's some regret in there. There's sadness in there. There's some disgust in there of the trash that you have in your backpack. Feel it. As Jesus is going through his, he's, Father, I'm hurt, sad, angry, mad about sin, a little fearful, crosses looming. Feel your feelings. I'm sure that Jesus does this. It's where he turns, not just praying and saying, I don't know what else to say, but simply unpack. I've heard some of you say, you know I just don't know what to say when I pray. Just unpack. Just examine your heart. Examine where you've been the last week. Why are you so mad? What are you hiding? What garbage do you have? Examine this. Figure out what to throw out. So then I thought, well, there's another word in here, and I think this is what Jesus does, is he doesn't just unpack and then say, you know what, actually, Father, let's just hang out on the mountain. I don't want to go back down there. Man, no. He doesn't. He unpacks his hurt. He unpacks the victory, but he repacks This is part of being alone with God. It's a focused time to repack. Write this word down if you would. When we get alone with God, part of this is a focused time to repack what's in your mind, what's in your heart. The banana peel's not going in. The coffee cup, it needs to go in, but I am going to take it home today and put it in the dishwasher. So I'm not going to carry that for too long. The pictures that have so many memories They certainly have to go in. They're going in. What else? Baseball? I'm packing one, okay? I mean, I still need a little bit of baseball, all right? God gave this for my enjoyment. I'm going to enjoy it. I won't pack all of them, but I'll pack some of them, all right? Because I enjoy this. The Word of God, where'd that go? I'm packing this, packing this. Write this phrase down if you would. If unpacking is feeling your feelings, then repacking is like knowing the truth. Knowing the truth. Know the truth. I think Jesus has to know the truth as he repacks and gets ready to go down from this mountain back to the world. He has to repack and say, Okay, Father, I've shared my heart with you. Um, what goes back in? Wait a second wasn't long ago when you said this is my son whom i love with him i'm well pleased i'm packing that in father i know that you love me i know that you're with me i know that you're proud of me i'm your son people will say differently but i know this i'm packing that in i think jesus says he's up there on the mountain and he's thinking through all of that he's looking back and says father i look back and i know that you've been faithful I'm packing that in. You are the faithful God. And I look ahead, and I believe that you are able to do immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. That's you. I'm packing that into my heart. I'm packing that into my mind. Putting that in the bag. When I go back down the hill. What about you and me? What's the truth you need to know? There are a lot of them, and let's just be honest. We don't feed ourselves very well with the truth. If the only time you get fed the truth is when you show up on Sundays, you're starving. You need the truth. Grab one of these on the way out if you haven't got one. Pull this off our website. It's just a simple reading and prayer guide for the Lent season. Grab this and it says, okay, tomorrow is March 12th. I need to be alone. Here's some things to pray through. We're going to direct you through Psalm 46 and Proverbs 4 and 1 Corinthians 6 over the next few days. Pack this word into your heart. Pack this deep into your mind. Because you and I, we're leaving here today. We're going back out into the world. You're going to struggle. you got to repack. you got to know the truth. As I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, okay... What do I repack? Because of the victory of Jesus that we know of, here's what I know, that God being rich in mercy made me alive with Christ. (laughs) I'm packing that one in. Talked about that one last week. He's rich in mercy, made me alive with Christ. Here's what I know, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can. My sin can't. Cancer won't. Nothing's going to. I'm packing that in my bag so that when I go down the hill, I know nothing can separate me from the love of God. My body's falling apart just like every single one of us, but know this, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs any of these struggles. Pack that in your bag. So because of that, we don't fix our eyes on things that are seen, but on things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen, those are the eternal things. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. That's what we're packing with. The author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Consider him. Put this in your bag. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. Repack that. Repack that for the battle. So the question is, where are you going to turn today. Where are you going to turn this week? You're going to struggle. There will be struggles. Where are you going to turn? Hopefully there will be some victories too along the way. Where will you turn in that? My prayer is that we would spend alone time with God the Father, just as Jesus did. That we'd unpack. Here's my heart. Here's where I've been. But then we'd repack. Get ready for the journey he has us on as we even leave here today. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads with me and reflect for a moment. If you would, just consider your heart, where you struggle, where you are sad, where you are angry, Where you are confused. And I want you to know Jesus, He's been there and He's with you. And He shows us where to turn. He shows you where life is, He shows you the best place to be. It's where I turn to the Father my maker, the creator of my soul, the lover of my soul, the one who gave forgiveness to me. Turn to him. Turn to him. Heavenly Father, I I ask that you would grow us in this way, that we would be like your son. We have his spirit in us through belief in him. Through faith, he, he, his life is in us. Would you direct us to turn to you as Jesus did? When we struggle, when we're victorious. Would you help us to spend time alone with you to unpack? It's like, why? Why am I so angry? Why am I so sad? Why am I so empty? And would you satisfy as we spend time with you. God, would you pack us with the truth, this gospel that you are for us, you are not against us, that you are with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Would you help us to know these truths deep down because you're sending us back off the mountain today to go encounter a world that needs you So guide us, direct us, cause us in all ways to turn to you. It's where we turn. We pray this in Jesus' name.